Hi, I'm Brittany Hoffman. And I'm Juliana Vasquez-Keating. Welcome to Shifting Ears. This is the Valley Metro internal podcast talking all things transit, transportation, and everything you need to know about the agency behind the scenes and some upfront stuff you may not know about. Juliana, this is a milestone episode here on Shifting Ears. We have reached number 50. And for this episode, we're talking to some pretty special employees. And for number 50, we wanted to do it up big. So for this episode, like Juliana said, we're talking to some great employees that they may be doing small or big things to make a big difference, but they kind of go unnoticed sometimes and not told. So we wanted to make sure here on Shifting Ears that we're highlighting employees and the amazing things they do every day here at Valley Metro. There are certainly heroes among us, and in this episode, I'm excited to highlight some of them. Let's hear from our first employee who has been with Valley Metro and working on the light rail since back when it started in 2008 and how she stepped up during an emergency situation. My name is Sharon Neinhauser, and my title is a field supervisor. I work for Valley Metro slash ACI. So Sharon, how long have you been working for Valley Metro slash ACI? I started in August of 2008. So Sharon, you've been here since before the beginning, I'll even say, because light rail service didn't start until the end of 2008, and you started in August. So can you walk us through what it's been like? Well, when I came here, we were just starting to hire operators. We were testing the trains on the alignment, the few trains that we had. It was an adventure. We were learning ourselves from a new system and then training the operators and then watching the alignment grow and dealing with the congestion, the traffic, the public. There was a lot of activity going on throughout the alignment. It was enjoyable to watch the growth going up to the grand opening on December, was it Christmas? December I think it was December 31st, 2008. December wasn't it? 27th. It's 27th. my mom's birthday. That's okay, how I, I remember was, too. <laughs> okay. You've been here, you've seen it. Walk us through your career path and how you got to be a field supervisor. I started in 1984 Wow! as a bus driver. I drove the bus for five years in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. But after five years of driving a bus, I applied for a, at home, we were called a route foreman. I did that for 20 years, retired there from 25 years, wanted to continue working and I applied here in Arizona, came down for an interview in June, Father's Day weekend, and I got hired and agreed to come here and work for August. So I retired, drove from Pennsylvania to here. So it's safe to say you like what you do since you're working past retirement. Yes, I enjoy what I do. I'm grateful to work. I enjoy working. I like what I do, and I'm going to continue doing it. And we can certainly tell that you love your job you were recently recognized by Mesa Fire and Medical. Can you tell us what happened that day and how you helped them out? I was working the east sector that morning, and an operator called in. There was fire equipment next to the alignment down at Price and a 101. I responded from Gilbert. I arrived down to the Price and a 101, and I seen the fire engines. There must have been about 13 of them there. Mesa and Tempe were there. They even had a command post set up. And I waited till the firemen were done putting out their fire, 
and they were taking off their gear, and I approached the fireman, the captain, and I asked them, sir, could we please have tracks one and two? I will walk each train past your men, the equipment, so no debris will blow back in the face from the road, and I'll make sure everybody's safe so no one gets hit by the train. And that's exactly what I did from 555 to 723. You walked the trains through that time frame? Yes. Wow. Each train that came, I had them stop. I gave them hand signals. I walked in front of the train, and then I called them when they were clear to accelerate. Sharon, what made you want to step in? You clearly know that fire and PD really kind of set the tone in different scenarios. What made you want to step in and walk those trains instead of just letting fire and PD take over the scene? It was a hot day. I knew it was very hot. I wanted to service our public that are waiting on our trains. It's a long time. So it's a we thing. We all need each other. The firemen needed me. The public needed me. OCC needed me to keep the trains running, or maybe Metro did. But I just figured I can keep this ball moving. They would just give it to me, and I would control everything. And I did. And we know they were super grateful for your help with that. And I'm super grateful for them also. You should have seen them coming out of that fire. I think you make a really good point. It's a we scenario. We always want to serve our communities in the best way possible. And I think you made those passengers have a great customer experience. I'm sure they didn't realize that a lot of things were happening around them because you made it such a seamless process for those trains to keep running through. So we really want to thank you for your efforts in that. And how did it feel to be recognized for your actions? Honestly, I didn't expect it. I just did my job. I knew what needed to be done and wanted to do it. So I was grateful and thankful for what they did. And I really appreciate that they said thanks, but I want to say thank you to them because they work a lot harder than we do to go to intense fire. It really is. I seen it up close first time. Most definitely. And like you said, it was a hot day. You didn't want our passengers waiting out there and think about the firemen going into a fire where it's even hotter. So definitely big props to them. And of course, big props to you. Thank you. Yeah, they said they had never seen anything like that happen. So hopefully it kind of sets a precedent to know that, you know, our team is willing to go above and beyond to help them out when needed. Yes. They even had one truck there that when they were bringing over the firemen's tanks after they were empty and somebody else carried it over, they took it over to the truck, dropped the tanks, tagged the tanks, filled it up. Another fireman came over and took it over to the fireman where it needed to be. And it was all next to the alignment. And I made sure when they were doing that activity, that train did not pass them. I was their eyes. That's awesome. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I'm glad to be here. I'm glad I took the adventure and came here. And I'm ready to continue my journey here. Our next guest is an operator whose quick thinking helped save a woman's life. My name is Joseph Allen. I'm a bus operator. I've been with Valley Metro since June 28th of 2022. Was bus operator always your career path? Not quite exactly. I started off, I got my CDL Class B from Mesa Public Schools. That's how I started off with the whole driving thing. I did that for about a year. After that, I kind of, you know, bounced around trying different things. But I've always had a thing for driving. I love driving. I love traveling. Then I got into expedited trucking a little bit. 
So I went all over the country and just seeing different sites. And then that's when I realized that I really had a love and a passion for driving. I never thought that I would be a bus operator, though. I always said I wanted to try it, you know, back at home in Cleveland, Ohio. I never did it. I was nervous, I guess, because being out here, everything is so spaced out. But back at home in Cleveland, everything is so tight and everything is so close together. And I didn't do it then. But then I said, if I ever moved back here, because this is my second time here, that I would drive for Valley Metro. And then when I came around the first week of June, I applied. And by like the second or third week, I was here. That's so awesome. I'm really glad that you decided to come back because we're happy that you were an operator here. Joseph, you just received an honor for saving a woman's life. Because of your quick thinking, you were able to move the bus and save her as she was walking across the crosswalk. Can you tell us about that day? There was a car that was in the process of running that light. And usually if a bus pokes itself out there, most people will see it and they will swerve around and try to slow down or whatever. And I always try to think of the passenger first, you know, when it comes to this job. And I seen the situation unfolding and that was just my way of simply trying to prevent it from happening. That is some quick thinking. You are clearly a great driver, especially with Thank a big you. vehicle like a bus. It's not easy. I tell you that. And it does get nervous some days. I will tell you that. I couldn't do it. I don't even like driving a small car, but you know what? That's great that you love driving. Yes. So what does it mean to you to be a bus driver and connect communities across Maricopa County? Just being able to provide like great customer service, paying attention to detail and all that started from back in training. You know, I had really great trainers. Some of them, they were tough, but then it was those tough ones that kind of prepared me for driving out there because it's more than just pointing that bus forward and driving and opening doors and picking up passengers. You know, you got to pay attention to everything around you. And you're constantly left, right, left, right, left, right. And just putting the passenger first, great customer service, safety, you know, all that together is what makes me enjoy being a bus operator here. So I really do love it. I do. Do you have like a passenger story where you were able to help someone else? I know you clearly have a love for it. You're out there every day. I'm sure you have lots of stories. <laughs> yes. Just last week, I believe, I was doing Route 45 going east. And I picked up a passenger that was visually impaired. He got off at Williams. And when he got off, he couldn't find the pole with the crosswalk button. So, you know, I secured my bus. I got out and I pressed the button for him. And I asked him if he needed help cross the street. He said no. So I waited for him to cross the street. And then I got back on my bus and I kept going. Wow. So it's just little stuff like that that goes a long way. And making sure that the passengers are happy because sometimes it's the driver that makes or break their day. So I greet people as they come on, even if they don't want to hear it, you know, because sometimes a lot of them don't want to hear it at six, seven in the morning. But a smile on your face could go a long way with a lot of the passengers. Absolutely. It's the little things that can make your day. And even just yes. saying hello, being friendly, helping someone cross the street, that means so much. Joseph, it sounds like you are a true operator out there making sure that 
like you just mentioned, you're not just driving people around, you're getting them safely to where they need to go. And so we just want to say thank you again for your continued vigilance and, you know, left, right, left, right, making sure that you're looking at all your surroundings and giving everyone that bright smile every day when they hop on your bus. Is there anything else you'd like to add? Just that have more operators be the same way because there are some operators that are, I think that would make things a lot easier here is if everybody just, you know, just say hello. Even if you don't want to say it, it just takes a few seconds out of your day just to say hello, good morning, good afternoon, you know, just to make sure they're safe from point A to point B. Right. Seeing a friendly face when you walk on a bus, it just makes the ride so much better. It does. (laughs) It does. Next up, we're going to hear from one of our customer experience coordinators who jumped into action to help save a man from a life or death situation. My name is Kyle Angelini, and I'm a customer experience coordinator with Valley Metro. So, Kyle, how long have you been working for Valley Metro? I've been working for Valley Metro for over four years. This past July, I marked my fourth year. One of three Fab Five members still here. Two of our members, they went to different departments within Valley Metro. So we're excited to see them expand their careers and horizons. And the other three are just holding it down in the CEC realm. Yes, and I remember when we brought the CECs on and you guys are out there daily doing amazing things with our light rail riders, helping them get to where they need to go. But we're here to talk about something that doesn't happen every day, Kyle. Let's let's hope not at least, you know. Yes. <laughs> this is really when you stepped up into that whatever it takes role and you were honored for your quick thinking and your first aid abilities. Could you describe what happened that day? Yeah, I was west side that day. I was currently at our 101 building getting ice and using the restroom. Just happened to come back into the break room and I heard the emergency call come out over the radio. I was right down the street, so I was easily probably one of the first people there to respond to help out if needed. I started heading down there as fast as I could. As soon as I crossed that street from Bosa to that apartment complex or condos, I kind of had to stop and reflect for a second. Hey, we have an active shooter situation going on. I'm wearing a bright yellow shirt. Probably not the best idea just to run in there right away. So I kind of ducked behind that condo building I was talking about and kind of just surveyed the platform, looked at the activity that was going on on the platform, the passengers that still remained on the platform, what their body language, what they were doing, deemed that it was safe to proceed into the platform area. As I was hustling down there, a lady passed me. I picked her brand. I was like, hey, what's going on? She confirmed there was a shooting on the train. So I stepped up my pace a little bit, got to the platform, reassessed you know, the situation. If I saw someone with, unfortunately, a gun or someone else injured on the platform, I could tend to them. As soon as I made contact with the first couple of passengers, asked them, you know, hey, what happened? Where's the victim? They told me what happened. Fortunately, a gentleman was shot on the train and told me he was in the front car, upper deck. As soon as I... Walked in, I put on my protective equipment, put on my gloves that we were issued daily for helping pick up trash or under kind of things we needed not have our hands get dirty for. Introduced myself, said, hey, Valley Metro, I'm here to help. Do you mind if I help? Gentleman was conscious. He said yes. I started doing what's called a rapid trauma assessment. So basically just from head to toe, searching the body for any kind of trauma or injury that a person was sustained. I happened to notice he was shot in his like left stomach area, grazed in the hip, and then grazed in his right ear. 
So I kind of relayed that to my dispatch to try to get fire and EMS rolling and police. I'm very thankful for Phoenix PD and fire. They were on the scene within seconds. Phoenix PD did a great job of, you know, coordinating out the area, starting their search. I saw across the street, Phoenix Fire was staging. So I knew I had help with the medical aspect of the call literally across the street. I just know they had to cross their T's and dot their I's to make sure the scene was safe before they got in. Truly, the saving grace was my coworker. He was coming into work. He comes to work a little bit early. Tyler Holmes, shout out to you, my man, and the rest of the CEC team. Tyler carried a first aid pack in his backpack. He also called 911, gave a great description of the shooter, so that helped for the apprehension of the gentleman. And Tyler came to me, pretty much said, hey, I got this. What do you need? My gloves were a little messy, so he started opening things for me, bandaged the gentleman up. Phoenix PD came in. I kind of gave him a rundown. They cleared for fire to come in. Fire came in. I gave them my report of what I found. They continue assessment, and they have a little more tools in their toolbox to kind of mitigate the problem that was going on. So they took over patient care and got the gentleman to the hospital, which I believe he survived and he's doing well. Talk about quick thinking. You could have easily just said, I'm not going into that scene, but you went in, you knew what to do. You stayed cool, calm, collected. That's incredible. I'm very fortunate. You know, people say it's godsend. I say it's serendipitous. Cool word. You don't really get to use that that much, but stars align that day. I mean, not for that gentleman, unfortunately, but it was a great outcome. So I'll take that win any day of the week. Kyle, your rapid trauma response, where did you get that training? Where did you learn to kind of step into those kind of situations? I think just growing up, I used to BMX, played sports, so always falling down on my bike, you know, cuts on my legs, elbows, stuff like that. So I'm not scared of blood. I like it, which is kind of weird. I don't know if that makes sense, <laughs> but it intrigues me. Young Doogie Hauser, just not that smart. That's kind of my nature. My dad was a cop for 30 years. My mom was a social worker. So my ultimate goal is to get on the fire department. I think that's where the tire hits the pavement. I can do good on both, help my community, but yet help people on a personal level. So I think that's where my calling is, is helping people. And I have training in that. And so I was there, right time, right place. You know, Valley Metro does an awesome job. They offer CPR and first aid classes. I recommend everybody take them. It's just not at work. Something happens. Happens to personal life, on the way to work, on the way home, at the park with your kids. First aid never hurts to learn that at all. You know, you're helping your community, helping people in your workforce, helping your family. Being a helper is basically in your DNA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I was born in public service, would you say? So how else do CECs help our writers on a daily basis? A uh, daily basis, our job is we come to OMC, get the items we need for the day, and then we head out to the rail. We usually break it up east and west, and then greet our passengers with a smile, make sure they get to the destination safely in a timely manner, and help them with anything they might have. You know, questions about getting to their destination, transfers, new payment system. We, we got a new app. We're working on that. So helping people out on the rail, you know, get signed up for that and use it. Water bottle giveaways, mask giveaways. Where our riders are, that's where we're at. And we like making a difference. You know, if we can get a smile on their face or a thank you, we'll take it. Kyle, is there anything else you want to add? Thank you for Valley Metro for allowing me to go and respond to that and not get my hand slapped. That's cool that we look out for each other out here, whether it's, you know, us CECs looking out after security or them looking out after us, ACI. We have a lot of partnerships out here and building these relationships and growing them is a big part of what we do and what we try to foster in our culture here in the CEC program. So that's kind of what we're about. Juliana, one thing I took away from 
all of these hero stories is their quick thinking, quick reaction, and the collaboration really between so many teams working together when these emergency situations arise or when they are needing to step in to help somebody. And it's just great to see how all of our Valley Metro employees continue to look out for pedestrians and all of the people riding our transit system. Absolutely. Since I've started working here at Valley Metro, I couldn't help but notice that we have amazing employees that always go above and beyond. And I am so happy that we got to highlight some of them today. And I personally have to give a shout out to operator Olivia Munoz. She saved my life during National Pedestrian Safety Month. I was crossing the street with some of our other employees. A flatbed truck was literally backing up into us in an intersection and her quick thinking laying on those bells and sirens in the train made the truck stop and truly saved my life. So while we didn't get to interview Olivia, we know that she's doing great work out there along with all of our employees. It's those little things that happen all the time that kind of go unrecognized. And so like you said, Juliana, getting the opportunity to share just some of those stories, it's great to hear how we continue to serve our communities. That's really terrifying, Brittany, but I'm glad that everything worked out and our operator was looking out for you guys. Oh, yes, definitely. And Juliana, congratulations on being here for the Milestone episode, but I do want to take a moment since all of our listeners have been listening to me for the past 50 episodes, I want to give a shout out to the people behind the scenes that you don't get to hear. And that is Peter Corkery and Alex Osotes. They have been vital in making the podcast amazing. Every episode is just jam-packed with information, tidbits you need to know, and they make us sound great because trust me, there is a lot of editing that goes into this. So I want to give a shout out to anyone and everyone who's ever been a co-host, been a guest. Thank you for the past 50 episodes. We're looking forward to the next 50 more. So stay tuned for all of the upcoming episodes of Shift ears. For Valley Metro, I'm Juliana. I'm Brittany. Thanks for riding with us. We'll meet you at the next stop. Shifting Ears is produced by Alex Sosos and Dane Riles. Peter Corkery is the executive producer. For Brittany Hoffman, I'm Juliana Vasquez-Keating. Thanks for listening.